Brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, McLean McGowan. And as usual, it is such an honor to be in your ears and be with you no matter where you are in the world, no matter where you are on your journey as a woman and a mother. This fully has been and always will be a co-creation for us all to learn and share and be together. So thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and all the other women and children in your lives. Today on this solo talk, I wanted to dive in to the topic of diets. And as we know, this is a massive, massive topic, but I just wanted to speak to a couple of brief bullet points because I feel like in this moment of radical change that we're all in, this portal of time where so many of our old systems, our ways of doing things are all crumbling in really big outward ways and also really big inner ways inside of ourselves as we step into more of our authentic selves. And it can be a very exciting time. It's also an exhausting time because we're going through so much change, especially those of us who are really doing the work and showing up really mindfully and consciously and want to be better and want to do better and want to choose love over fear. All of that takes a lot of energy. So I just want to commend you on all the work that you are doing, all the work you're doing for yourself and your family and especially your children. It's it's real, real. Life is fully in session as it has been this whole year and it's going to continue. I feel like 2020 was actually the awakening for a lot of us and the veil starting to be lifted and that will continue on. So as I always preach and I try to follow myself, the more that we can self-nurture practice self-care, self-love, whether that's carving out time for meditation, time to hike in nature by ourselves, put our feet in the ocean, heat up your food intentionally and sit down and eat instead of over the kitchen sink, making yourself the soups that maybe only you want and the rest of your family doesn't want, but putting you first, putting your needs as equals to the rest of your family, if not above, because the energy that you bring into your home and your family matters so much. And our kids are needing so much more of us than they ever have. So when it comes to diets, you know, what is a diet? It's the food we eat. It's what we drink. It's our thoughts. It's what we listen to. It's what we believe. But when we think of diets, it is constriction. It is restriction, constriction, contraction, a feeling of lack which then is a feeling of neediness or desperation or less than, or you're not keeping up, you're not doing it well enough. All of that, that whole negative self-talk is what we, especially as women, have been taught in our current society. And, you know, it's, it's so just sad, really, that we've never been more obese as a nation in the United States. And that's, of course, now global because we've spread it through our processed foods and junk food and, you know, GMO food and all the chemicals. But we also have the youngest kids on earth dieting at like nine. 
nine years old. And that's really messed up. So clearly that shows we are misaligned with the needs of our bodies and how to give our bodies what it needs. And, you know, I'll talk to my mom and she's always saying, you know, when she was raising me and her fellow other moms, you know, they never had to think about all these things we have to think about. Like literally, what is our water we're drinking? Where did it come from? What chemicals are in it? Um, certainly with the food, you know, I heard a great quote the other day saying it shouldn't have to be certified organic. Everything should be organic and without chemicals. And then if you're adding chemicals and if you're adding Roundup and all the other shit to it, that should be mentioned, right? Because we've, we've disassociated what is real and healthy food. The chemical laden Franken food should not be considered food. That should be considered something else. And so it's, it's become this real obvious disparity between people that can afford organic or not organic. And, you know, we're seeing it in our obesity rates. Um, It's just it's a huge, massive problem. But aside from all of that, there is what can we control within our own homes and our own bodies? And I asked a question on Instagram that some of you chimed in on about I just put something like, what do you want to know about diets? Ask me anything. And what came forward from different moms was learning how to be intuitive with your eating, learning how to be open, intuitive to your kids style of eating. And then also, how do we know when our diets need to change? So I can speak generally because I'm obviously not working one-on-one with people and I'm not seeing lab work and lifestyle and all of that. But something that has really been calling me forward lately is the sense of intuitive eating or to put more simply, eat what my body feels like it wants and needs to eat, which in so many ways can be really foreign to most women. I mean, to eat when your body is telling you to eat, that it's hungry, that's beyond the realm of normalcy for a lot of women because we're so used to calorie counting or fat gram counting or restriction in general that you have to earn the need to eat by exercising it off, you know, exercise bulimia. There's so many different aspects to the pathology around what we eat and why we eat and when we eat. And so I don't want to, you know, dismiss or go over, but I'm just making broad keystrokes here. But something that I think is so powerful as we deconstruct these parts of the patriarchy in our work as women is really looking at why we do what we do. So you can bring this into everything in your life. Why do you do this? Okay, is it because that actually feels good to your body that you know you're bringing more life force into your body, whether that's meditation or drinking more water or eating a lot more veggies or whatever it is or adding meat into your diet? Or are you doing it because some diet expert or guru is telling you to do it or some doctor that you know has a lot of celeb clientele is telling you to do it or it's a diet you're seeing on Instagram that's telling you to do it. And that alone can really bring your power back. And also I think a topic that's really big is dogma of food. And we're so into labels and giving each other labels, labeling ourselves. It can make us feel part of a tribe. It can make you stand out from the others. And we're obviously seeing that in so many ways right now. And diet is really one of those. And I, for one, am super over it. I'm really not basing people's worth on what they eat, full stop. And that comes from age and that comes from humility and that comes from changing the way I eat pretty regularly. I've done kind of every diet that you can think of. I've had eating disorders, which I'll share about in another talk. I've tried diets to lose weight. I've also mostly been concerned with health and, you know, biohacking and how can I be the healthiest which that can be in its own addiction too. So I've, I've come at diets more of that way. It's not necessarily 
to weigh a certain amount. I don't even own a scale. I, I don't weigh myself. I haven't weighed myself for 10 years. When I was pregnant, my midwives would weigh me. They could never tell me what I weighed. I swore them all. I, I would face the other way. Like I've really worked against knowing how much I weigh because that does not help my self-worth. And that will trigger me into body dysmorphia stuff. So that's a boundary I've made. And I don't care if people think I'm weird. I don't care if nurses think I'm weird. Um, that's just something I know for myself makes me feel healthier and more balanced. I no longer am obsessed with what size clothing or what size jeans I'm in. You know, each brand has different sizes anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Like all these things, it's just like noticing what I was concerned about when I was younger to what I am now. And each child has brought more lessons for me. Um, each pregnancy, each postpartum, you know, postpartum can be such a time when women get triggered with dieting and losing weight and feeling out of their bodies. And on that side, I was pretty lucky. I've shared in my stories before, but with both of my girls, I think I gained like 23 or 25 pounds. Again, I don't really know. It was around that range for my pregnancy. So I lost that weight in a couple of weeks. And, and then I even got way thinner after my first because I was in such flight mode and that hypervigilance. So I had very little appetite. I know people around me, family members were definitely worried that I was leaning towards some disordered eating, but it really, and maybe it, part of it was, but it, to me, it really felt more just like I was so strung out that I didn't have much of an appetite. And then that becomes kind of its own adrenalized drug to keep you going and new motherhood. And that was my story. And then second kid, kind of same thing. The weight just came off super quickly. So that's never been my issue. But my issue has been more uh, my different skin things. And just I have a very sensitive immune system, a very sensitive digestion. I have a very sensitive system. That's just my karma in this life. I am having a very empathic soul and energetic openness. And so I'm always playing around with food because I have a lot of reactions to food, alcohol, drugs, all of that. My body really can't detox any of it. So I do have to be very careful and specific with what I'm eating. And I would say a lot of my adult life, I've been more or less vegan, more or less plant-based. And many, many years, I was full on vegan, like full, full, full. And, you know, did I feel better? I definitely feel better not eating animals. That's for sure. But I will say, and yeah, I've been to all the different healers, all the different people telling me different things based on blood work, based on my constitution, all of that. And so I always am seeking it. So I'm in it with you guys. For any of you guys that are struggling, I don't necessarily feel like I'm struggling right now, but I am in the quest with you. So just know you're not alone. And almost every woman, I would say, also feels like what they eat and how they eat in their body and their body positivity is a journey. The few women, women I know in my life that really seem free of any dogma or disordered eating are women that have done a lot of work on this. So it takes time. It takes time to unlearn societal many, many generations programming. Motherhood, as we know, is full on. Each new age and stage of our children's development brings vast new lessons, challenges, and victories. It is a lot to hold. And my intention for creating Mom Club is to create a safe and healing space for mothers to gather together. It has been an especially intense time through this portal of 2020, and many of us found ourselves mothering in new ways, working, partnering, showing up for ourselves and each other in completely new ways as we cannot connect as much in person. 
We need support. We need to sit in circle. We need to feel seen and we need to feel heard. We need to vent and let it go. We need to know that we are in this together, not isolated and alone. So please join us if you are wanting to circle up with sisters, if you're wanting to find your tribe, if you find that you feel isolated or not jiving with your friends or you've moved and you don't have a set of mom friends near you, please join us in this virtual circle where we are co-creating a sacred space for dropping into meditation, having an oracle card read, having a chosen topic discussed each month, as well as plenty of time for Q&A. I want this to be a real community where we can connect and share practitioners and resources, where we can find other women on the call nearby and connect in real life. This is a co-creating a circle of trusted sisters. We will circle up, grab a hot mug of tea, light our candle or incense, and drop in with a listening ear and an open heart. If this sounds good to you, check out my Instagram at Mother the Mother, the link tree in my bio. If you sign up, subscribe, I will send you all the deets for the next mom club. We are rolling it out. We started in December, but now we got the momentum moving through into 2021. So please join us. I'm really excited about this community. It's lit, it's on, and we're doing it. J-Mom. It's interesting. So this fall, I have continued to peel back the layers. 2020 was a real big transformation for me. And this fall, I found myself very randomly craving raw milk, which I do go through phases and I have for probably 10 years of having my tea and coffee and then like being disgusted by it. But I was definitely back on the raw milk and having no problem with that. And then I would go to Erwan and have this crazy craving for their rotisserie chicken. And usually that would disgust me. So it was a real like flag for myself that something that usually disgusts me like I was craving like my entire being was like you have to buy this and then that happening over and over and over until finally one day I was like fuck it I'm buying it and then like ripping it open in my car in the parking lot eating it you know like my body was definitely telling me something even my kids were like whoa mom never seen you eat a chicken like that we never actually we've never seen you eat chicken um so that was really weird for me and sitting with that and processing that how does that feel in my body how does that feel in my soul because again I don't like eating animals but if I'm gonna do it how can it be organic and I'm supporting a good farm and all of that and I still I'm not that is not a like a close circle. I'm still dealing with those feelings, but I am just noticing that I'm in this real disillusionment or dissolving of a lot in my life, so many layers, which feels really freeing because it just feels like I'm swimming in the cosmos of life. And it also feels weird. And sometimes fear can come up or like, what is actually happening? What am I doing? And I want to go back to how I was before. But I've just really been trying to be open with it, pray over my food, really listen to my body when I eat something that is out of my ordinary and, you know, and honoring it, like honoring my body when it needs what it needs. And then I can course correct or I can never do that again or I can keep doing that or you know, I'm finding myself wanting some animal protein of either salmon, which I get from the farmer's market. I just brought that back in last week because, again, I was just having this crazy strong craving for salmon or chicken once a week or every two weeks. And I don't like cooking it, so I'm buying it from Erwan, which is like all organic, really well done, simple, like gorgeous food. Um, it still feels weird to me, but then I use the bones and I make a broth and I make soups from that and, you know, try to be as cognizant of 
my food sources as I can be. It's still weird, but what feels good is the empowerment I'm giving myself and freedom. And what I'm eating doesn't make me better or worse than anybody else. And we all are part of a food chain. We are all part of a chain. We are just in a society that thinks that we are better than everybody else and that we will sustain life or keep life going at all cost. And what we're seeing also to that point is a lot of people suffering. And that goes into my whole death doula work. But, you know, animals die, plants die, humans die. We all do this thing called dying and we're all in a food chain. So it's just interesting. So for those of you and quite a few of you reached out that are vegans that are having cravings and there's no right way. I have no answer for you. But what I want to say is release the shame, release the guilt, go to prayer, go to meditation and really listen to what your body needs. Our bodies change. Our bodies definitely change after we have children with our nutritional needs. So the fact that I am craving animal protein, the fact that I am drinking a lot more raw milk right now. I feel stronger. Um, I think maybe I gained a little weight to begin with, but now I've, you know, I'm regulated to how I normally am. And again, try, just try things, see what works. You know, maybe going keto for a month is really great. And then you never have to do that again. Maybe that's way too much fat. Maybe the medical medium, low fat, you know, raw vegan reset is really good for you. We all have different parts of our journey, but Having done all of it for so long, I'm now, you know, 43, I no longer give the power to someone else to tell me how to eat. My signature Mother the Mother coaching sessions support your journey through womanhood and motherhood in mind, body, and spirit. These coaching sessions meet you where you are now with the aim of where you want to go. Whether you are entering into a new relationship, you're wanting to conceive, you're newly pregnant, approaching your birth, in the midst of your postpartum shift, or a mother needing to reclaim her space, or maybe needs a little bit of extra help handling the demands of motherhood. I'm here to support your intentions and your goals. My expertise lies in helping you empower yourself as you deepen into your innate knowing. I'm here to help you align and remember. Through a spiritual yet grounded lens, I help you navigate the topics that arise when transiting through the ages and stages of life, and especially when bringing new life earthside. We are not meant to travel from maiden to mother alone. We need support, we need education, and we need guidance. My intention is to support you, the mother, as you mother. In our society, we are often taught to look outside of ourselves for the answers, and I am here to help you turn inward to find the answers you already possess. If you are interested in working together, please email me, or you can go to the link tree in the bio on Instagram at Mother the Mother, or you can email me, McLean at MotherTheMother.com, and we can schedule a free discovery call to see if this is the right time in your life for this kind of coaching. What I do know is 2021 is now the time to go big, to manifest and envision the lives we wanna be leading, the kinds of mother we wanna be showing up as, the kind of life we want to bring forward. So I'm here to support you, to guide you, to be here on the path with you. We are in it together, always. Sending love, Jema. There is a caveat to that, which I've shared on Instagram, and a lot of you are reaching out for me to share more about that, so I will. It's called Eight Constitution Diet, and it is a form or lineage of Korean acupuncture. And I go to this doctor, Dr. Kim in Beverly Hills, and I found out about him through Jenna Cavello, who I love and really respect, and she does 
all due diligence when it comes to food and supplements and her skincare line, Agent Natur, which I love. So a couple years ago, I'd read that she went to him and it really helped her with different chronic issues she was having. And so it was in the back of my mind. But again, I was doing a lot of the medical medium stuff. Um, I feel great eating a lot of potatoes. I would eat a ton of broccoli, cauliflower. I don't love fruit, but I would kind of make myself eat more fruit. But, you know, heavily vegetarian, plant-based diet, no real dairy, no animal protein, etc. So I went to Dr. Kim though this fall because I was just curious and I was like, you know what, we might as well just try it. And it's been very interesting and I'm still in the journey of it. So I will be sharing more in the coming months because I feel like I'm still just dipping my toe into seeing the positive results. But I had this chronic rash that I would get on my stomach and kind of the flank of my low back and my back. And and I wouldn't notice it because I don't spend a lot of time in the mirror. It never hurt. It never was itchy. It never was tender. I would just notice it when I got out of a hot bath. It was like a red blotchy rash. And I went to the dermatologist, which I don't really like going to the dermatologist because I don't believe in a lot of the stuff that they want to give me. And he had just said, oh, it's some yeast from your hair. Put some selenium on it, like a Selsun Blue shampoo. And so I would do that, but then I would always forget to do it. And it would go away. It would come back. It would go away and come back. And... I tried to eliminate, you know, the normal things, which I was already doing mostly gluten, dairy, peanuts. I love peanuts. I love peanut butter, um, chocolate, eliminating all that stuff. And I just wouldn't notice enough change to really make a difference. I just felt like the rash would come and go. I never noticed it syncing up with my cycle, any of that. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna give this a go and see what he says. So he did my constitution. And it was so interesting because he said, okay, here's your rash, quit eating broccoli, cauliflower and Brussels sprouts tomorrow, your rash will be gone. And guess what, my rash was gone the next day. And I generally would eat an entire head, like an entire, you know, big head of cauliflower broccoli every single day. Like, I crave it. I eat it so much. And just cutting that out cleared up my rash overnight. And again, I'm still weighing all the things, but it has been really interesting to see the natural things that I thought were quote unquote health foods that I didn't really like. I didn't really feel like my body digested it that well. I didn't feel good when I ate it, but I felt like it was a health food that I should be eating. Um, these, for example, are berries, bananas, melons. And you know, when you're eating raw vegan or really high vegan diet, especially in medical medium, it's it calls for a lot of fruit. And I just never would want berries. I never would want melon, sometimes watermelon in the summer, but not even really. And then every time I ate a banana and a shake, I would get a stomach ache. So that's just like a little example of the things that I'm not supposed to be eating. And my energy has increased so greatly because I've cut those things out. It's very random. So some of the things that I can eat that are beneficial for me uh, would not necessarily be health food and vice versa. A lot of the things that I am not supposed to eat now are considered health food and I can't eat them. So it's most fruits. It is any gluten, any nut at all, any nut butter, any coconut. So that's no coconut yogurt, no coconut milk, no coconut water, no celery. So no celery juice, no cucumbers. The main things that I can eat are poultry. Poultry is the most beneficial. So that was very interesting that my body was craving that. I can eat fish that has a scale. So salmon has a scale. I can eat that. Um, beneficial for me is rice. I've been eating way more rice than I normally would. I normally, I really thought grains I didn't digest well, but I seem to be doing fine with them when I cook them and soak them in water first and, you know, cook them and prepare them well. I've been doing more dairy and knock on wood. I've been fine with that. I do my raw milk every day. 
today. A lot of spinach. Apples are great for me. So I eat a lot of apples because that's one fruit I do love. But it's been hard. This the, the little things like my Go Macro peanut butter and chocolate chip bar that I love for dessert. I can't eat that anymore. I can't eat chocolate. So I'm having to be a lot more creative with desserts or that sweet because every night I do want a sweet. And now I can't have those things that I was used to slash addicted to. So it is it is very interesting. So on one hand, I am looking outside of myself right now because I'm going to him to teach me this new way. But it's an experiment and I'm not getting neurotic about it. I'm actually feeling like it's actually really a gift because I feel like I have so much work on this world 3D plane to be doing right now. And I want to be showing up in my full energy and my full immunity Um, So I can really live an abundant, beautiful life. And food is so much part of that. So I am giving my body what it needs right now based on this plan. And again, I will follow up with that. But I think for any of you, the biggest thing we can do is have grace for ourselves and forgiveness and love. And in every choice, where are you habitually choosing love for yourself or judgment or hate or fear for yourself and why and looking at those things and really peeling back the layers you know so much of our stuff especially as women when it comes to food when it comes to cooking when it comes to preparing food for our families is so much in how we were raised and what we saw our mothers doing you know you can have a mother that never told you to personally diet or that you ever needed to lose weight but if you see your mom your whole life talking about dieting talking about having to lose that extra five pounds, calorie counting, all of that, you're going to model that or you're going to rebel against that. I mean, we see that too, right? You see like super thin moms and then super overweight kids or kids with major eating disorders. And I do think that as mothers of girls, especially, but boys too, but especially girls, how can you talk about food in a loving way in an abundant way like what do we get to eat today that makes our body feel really good and strong and that we enjoy and not bringing any shame to it not bringing any guilt not bringing any disordered relationship with food or how much or how little you eat and you know that was something too when I was younger and so like in eighth grade I started with it was in the 90s so it was that fat free craze. And I went hardcore into it. But then, you know, when you look at the medical medium and different low fat vegan vegetarian diets, which actually work for a lot of people, I was on that diet. So, you know, looking back, did I actually have an eating disorder at that point? I don't know. I I know that the people around me were really concerned and felt like I did. But maybe at that time I was following the diet I needed, which was a lot of rice and and a lot of veggie stir fries. And I didn't want any animal protein and I didn't want any processed food. So again, it's like, it's all hindsight as well, right? But when I look back, I also know that food and nutrition for me is part of my life journey. I've always been interested in it. I've always been compelled by it. I'm a certified nutritionist. I've always really tried the things to know what to share with other people. And what I do truly know is that there's no one plan for anyone at any one time of your life. I have a friend right now who's newly postpartum with her second kid, and she eats a lot of red meat every single day. And she just got her lab work back, and she's never been healthier, and she's never produced more breast milk. So I do think think in one of my teachers, Rochelle of Innate Traditions and Kimberly Johnson, you know, they both shared their journey with postpartum and meat and plenty of fat and, you know, our more ancestral ways of eating. And it does really aid in postpartum healing and milk production and 
you know, you might be a little bit heavier, but we're supposed to be heavier during our breastfeeding time. It's not necessarily every vegan person. I'm not saying that. But I do see vegan women as they age. They're the ones breaking bones. They're the ones that look kind of raisiny. It's like they just, they don't look, they don't look juicy. You know, they don't look like there's moisture in their body and like the fluid they need in their tissues and their muscles and their skin. So again, we'll tell. I don't, you know, time will tell. I don't think there's been a lot of like 80 and 90 year old vegan women in time that we can study that have had zero animal products. And of course, we are in a moment where our food sources, our food that we're getting right now is very different than 100 years ago. It, so it's not even, you know, it's quality in everything you eat. So I don't, it's not black and white, like you're vegan or you're paleo or you're a meat eater or you're an intuitive eater or whatever. It's also the quality of everything you're, you're bringing in. I heard someone say that they are qualitarian the other day and I thought that was so great. So it's not even the labels that we're used to. It's like putting foremost, the most important at the forefront is the quality of the food or the drink. And I I really love that reframe. And in so doing, as we mother our children, how can we honor that our kid might have a different diet and let them experiment with it? And how can we show up for them and make the time to cook those special foods for them or help them discover that for themselves? I mean, I, with Jemima, I did give her raw milk as a baby. And then she was mostly vegan, vegetarian. And then we went and visited a family in the South and we were at the lake house and she walks out of the kitchen in her diaper with like a fistful of bacon. And she's like, this is so good. And then she started eating lamb chops off the bone with her dad. And part of me, I was so upset. You know, I wanted my vegan baby. Like this is what I really believed in. And she's a meat eater. And I had to really learn how to honor that. And my my second one too, she'll tell me when she wants meat. She loves steak. That's what she asked for. She wants snake. She calls it snake. She wants steak. So my husband fixes that for them once or twice a week. And even yesterday I could tell Jemima really needed meat. And I was like, are you feeling like you need meat? She's like, yes, I need meat. And so my husband had bought some and brought it home last night. So she's going to have that tonight. So she at nine years old, and she's been this way for you know three or four years she will really tell me when she needs meat and what she needs she'll she is that in tune with her body and that's what I want to be raising that's what I want to be instilling that I don't know what's better for her body than she does and I mean of course when it comes to eating just chips or brownies or whatever of course we're not going to let our kids do that all the time but just allowing her to have her own sovereign journey with the food that she eats as well. And it's not always easy as a mom. I mean, it's not. I That I would say is the biggest hard thing for me is the snacks and the, the, the constant feeding and the constant coming up with the recipes that everyone will eat. But I just bring forward, question what you want to eat, what feels good to your body. Really, when you eat something, eat it slowly. See how it resonates. Don't finish it if it doesn't feel good. And and try new things. If you feel called to that, there might be a real nutritional deficiency you're having. And how can you let go of the dogma or the programming in your brain to let your own body be your guide? And that's what I offer you. Please, please reach out to me if you have any questions about this. This is an ongoing discussion and topic. And especially as women that are producing and giving life and then sustaining life with our breast milk and our continued energy. You know, we need different things at different times. Every part of our life is a different season with different needs and we need to honor that. And there's so much freedom 
here for us in all ways, always. And may we be able to tap into that life source so that we can heal, so we can thrive, so we can slay in this new year together. Sending love out to all of you. Jema. I have a special recommendation for any of you that have been called and interested to the topics here on spirit baby communication, death, learning how to connect and speak with our ancestors, our loved ones when they've already transitioned to the other side. If this is you, if this is your interest, I highly recommend listening to Emily the Medium podcast. If you have ever wondered how you can connect with loved ones, if you sometimes feel intuitively pulled and want someone to show you how to take your gifts to the next level, Emily is here to help you. She will lead you in conversations while also channeling the divine and expanding beyond what is accepted as truth. She'll help you open your connection to source and learn to trust your innate abilities. So if your interests are piqued or called towards birth and death and the complete realm of mystery, I highly recommend you listen to her podcast. <laughs>